I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. Two game. Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! It's a Wednesday, which means U.S. sports for this week only. Hello, Donnie. All right, Joe, how you doing? This is all very strange, isn't it? <clears throat> Emmanuel Petit stole your slot yesterday. Well, he took it and he stole it and he didn't even say sorry. With, for, any man with such beautiful hair deserves his own, deserves to call his own shots when the time comes. You know, yeah. I'm not, who am I to stand in the way of, such, of a man with such beautiful hair? I know. You're nobody to stand in the way of a man with that kind of hair. And it's still magnificent. All these years later. It's still a mane. I mean, you, you, he's getting, you're, he's spending half an hour a day maintenance on that, would you say? I don't know. I mean, I, it's, hard, it's hard to tell. He's been, he's been living with it his whole life. He shaved it off for charity, of course, and then grew it back. Damn. <laughs> you know? Was it ponytail or non-ponytail on the day you met him? I think it was ponytail. Gotta love the ponytail. I know. Well, look, ponytail. I mean, it worked. He made it work. If you or I ever tried to do a ponytail, oh. could you just imagine? <laughs> you on that motorbike with, your, uh, with <laughs> the ponytail in the back? Could not see it, Joe. <laughs> Uh, I could see it. I just don't want to, to be it. So, uh, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about in US sports this week. Mm. Last week, we talked about politics and the US presidential election. Trump did very well that night, by the way. Hey, we called it, didn't we? Yeah. And the impact that certain sports stars may or may not be having. Uh, tonight, we will get on to the fact that there's some ping pong diplomacy going on over in Cuba. And Obama is uh, hanging out watching baseball matches as part of his visit to Cuba and it's like almost almost the centerpiece really yeah so that's kind of interesting but in the meantime we've got to start with the story which is dividing America it's been talked about in the sporting sphere it's been talked about on drive time shows on lifestyle shows Adam LaRoche has decided to turn around to the Chicago White Sox and say you guys are going to pay me 13 million dollars next year you won't let me bring my son to practice and to the matches. You can stuff your $13 million where the sun don't shine and I'm going to retire. It is a very, very strange story. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've ever encountered a story like this, but I think what we need to understand, we're, we're talking about baseball here, Joe. Okay. Baseball is a, a sport, a tradition that's passed from father to son. It is the great paternal game. Everybody, basically every every father who grew up sort of loving baseball as a kid, what they, they yearn to do is pass that love on to, to their children. I was raised on many great stories by my father of, you know, baseball in the glory days, going to Ebbets Field, um, going to Yankee Stadium, all these sort of things. Just what exact, you know, just the glory days of baseball. I feel like playing catch with your dad is a... It is. If, you, if you've seen The Natural or if you've seen Field of Dreams, this is, it's like the whole, it's not just a game, the whole myth of America is built on this game of catch between father and son. And... In the in the big leagues, there is a grand tradition of of um, of players bringing their sons into the into the team. So mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, he he was um, he was a part of the uh, his fa- his father's team, uh, Bobby Bonds. Like he just would have been around, he would have been known. Right. Adam LaRoche, who you mentioned, his father was a pro, and he just would have been sort of around the place. Yeah. So uh, 
Adam Larashi is a sort of a journeyman first baseman. He's heading into his 15, 15th season. How can a journeyman get $13 million? Well, this is strange. Okay. This is baseball. That's another conversation for another day. Okay. He's got a he's got a kid, a fourteen year old named Drake. Yeah, this is not like leaving the baby, you know. No. inside, just keep an eye on the baby. No, him and his wife have a. They believe that that proper education, the sort of school system, is maybe not the best thing for their kids. And what they've decided to do is homeschool their kids, right. and with that, bring their Adam is going has been bringing his son to the ballpark for the last five seasons. So this yeah. kid has basically been raised in a pro locker room, which is, uh, you know, it seems like questionable parenting to me. Well, it seems like the White Sox vice president said, just dial it, the quote was, dial it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like Adam LaRoche retired because they will not let him have his son, Drake, beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Drake can't be in the locker 100% of the time. Yeah. When are they schooling this kid? If he's in the locker 100% of the time. I mean, I, I, in the evenings, I'm guessing. Okay. Like, it's, it seems like a very unconventional way to raise a child. Mm. Last year, um, Drake spent 130 games in the Chicago White House locker room. Right. The Chicago, sorry, White Sox locker room. So, like, you know, these guys are on the road. They're touring the country. I, like, this is a professional baseball team, professional sports team. Now, by, all, by many accounts... Everybody seems to be saying it on the back of this that uh, that that Drake LaRoche is a stand-up kid. You know, he seems to to fit in well with everybody. But I mean, it comes down to a fundamental question: Do you want a kid around the around the change room yeah. every day of the week? And the management of the White Sox they they weren't saying get your kid out of here entirely. Yes. They just wanted to dial it back, as the quote said. They just wanted a little bit less of uh, of of the young Drake. Yeah, LaRoche Adam gets freaked out about this, and he he weighs it up, and then he sends a cryptic tweet last week. He says. Thank you, Lord, for the game of baseball and for giving me more than I ever deserved. Hashtag family first. And people didn't know what this meant. And then within a few hours, it turns out he's quit the game entirely. The, his organization put him at a crossroads, his son or his game, and he chose his son and his family. And I mean, it, it all just seems very strange. It seems like it could have been avoided if maybe this had been dealt with before the spring training had started. He's leaving his team in the lurch. Like, the, they have to find, essentially, a first baseman. It's big. You know, he was... He didn't... He was on his second year on a two-year contract, and he'd been terrible last season. Yeah. But, like, you know, it it just all seems very unfortunate and totally avoidable. avoidable. Like, it's, a, not, it's, it's not even a management a, mess It's, not, up, it's you know? not even a choice between your family and your job. Like, it seems even... That bringing your kid to work with you even like 60% of the time, which is a big dial back from 100%. Yeah. That's more than most normal people can do. Like I know, you know, reading about this in various uh, newspapers, there's like this big debate about, you know, you can't bring your kid to the office ever. No. And he's just been told, don't have your kid there every second of every day. And he's like, that's not good enough for Adam LaRoche. I presume the whole of uh, the... I was going to say the whole sporting world, but it's become kind of a current affairs type hot topic. The reason everyone is saying, uh, LaRoche, you're being completely unreasonable. You can't bring your kid to the office all the time. It's not the way the world works. Yeah, it's a, I mean, this is a labor, a, a workplace dispute. I mean, I was thinking of like, say, Colm had a 13-year-old child and he was bringing him into editorial meetings and to road shows. Colm Parkinson? Colm Parkinson. Oh, yeah. Just imagine this. I just can't contemplate another Colm Parkinson well, in the world. Well, Colm Jr., Drake, Drake Parkinson. Drake Parkinson. So uh, I would be upset with that, especially if 
son was similar to father. Mm. But I'd be just upset with any colleague bringing their kid into work all the time. Now, there's been, there's been a kind of a confusing sort of um, fallout to this because oh, yeah. it, it seemed like it was the management who were the most anti-Drake. But then... Um, the Ken Williams, who is the uh, the GM, he, he he seemed to be leaking that it was just there was also players who didn't like Young Drake around the locker I'm room. I'm surprised, you know. So um, there's been the, the team, the White Sox threatened to boycott a spring training game, and there was very heated uh, management meetings between players and management, and it just seemed like the whole this one issue has kind of derailed the entire um, the entire build up to the 2016 <laughs> season for the White Sox, and it's hard to see like. <laughs> You know the the team seems completely divided, and they there is very strong words said to uh, said to the management of the team. So, right, I, it just it seems it could have been avoided. I mean, it, it's a human resources issue more than it sure is. So let's move on then from Adam LaRoche and Drake, who I guess now will have all the time in the world together. Yeah, look, they can he, he can actually get a proper education now. He can do, finally that homeschooling can kick in. Yeah. So, nineteen seventy one. Off the top of my head, is when some uh, U.S. famously, like some U.S. Uh, ping pong players, are in Japan on a tour, and they get the invite from China to come over and uh, play a little tournament and play against some Chinese ping pong players, and they do that. And this wasn't so commonplace; relations weren't good, and this really paved the way for Nixon's visit to mm-hmm. China in 1972, the year after. And so, ping pong diplomacy is a thing. Sports are very useful. Uh, thing and it's been a feature of the Obama trip to Cuba. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're watching Sky News or any sort of world news channel, you can't. Uh, well, before everything in Brussels, this Cuba visit, this historic Cuba visit by the Obama family to uh, to Cuba, has dominated all the sort of American media and global media. Mm. And as you were saying, the centerpiece of that whole trip. I'm you, not exaggerating that. I mean, it is. It has no, kind it, of been the centerpiece. Like it, it really has been all day yesterday. Everything focused on um, Barack Obama. And Raul Castro attending a baseball game together. Right. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of differences between Cuba and America. But one thing that both of those countries share is the love for baseball. Uh, boxing and, and baseball, I'd say, are the national sports of Cuba. Yeah. Um, and there's a great tradition of, of really talented um, of really talented Cuban baseball players. Fidel Castro, most famously, um, was trialed by the Washington Senators, I think, some stage in the in – the, before, I think, in the 50s sometimes. So he was a baseball player – there's a huge love of the game in Cuba and there's great Cuban baseball players who played in the major leagues. They've had to defect from Cuba in order to play the game. You yeah. know, just the the vast political difference between the country. Obama, he's on a sort of victory lap now as he sort of heads into, into the sunset with this kind of crazy situation lurking. And one, one thing that he has definitely changed is he's normalized relations between America and Cuba. As an American, I would have to have flown through through Canada to to get to Cuba, to fly to Havana um, two years ago, three years ago. That's all changed now. Um, and yesterday, the Tampa Bay Rays professor, professional franchise played an exhibition game against the, like a Cuban select team. Derek Jeter was there. Derek Jeter was there. Um, Louis Tion, a uh, Cuban legend for the Red Sox, threw out one of the first pitches. I mean, mm. it was just a beautiful... If you love the game of baseball and some of the pageantry and some of the mythology around it, um, it, it's, it was kind of a great thing to see. 
the Rays won four one, which is nice. America winning. Yeah. Um, like we're still superior. Yeah. Like Cuba. just don't. You guys have some good players, and yeah. we're, you know we're happy. Like there capitalism. Were, yeah. One right of the there. one of the Cuban pitchers was like pitching with a toothpick in his mouth, and people thought that was kind of funny and cute. But yeah. like you know, we won the game. Sure. Let, let, let there be no let there be no misunderstanding about who is the the dominant the powerhouse in, in the uh, in North American baseball. So Raul Castro and Obama walked out, and there were cheers. I was reading the piece. It was a good piece, like kind of a color piece in mm. the New York Times. Chance of Raul, Raul go out and Obama's waving and John Kerry's there as well yeah. in the VIP box. And it seems like it went off wonderfully. I mean, if you're normalizing relationships, what's more normal than a good old game of ball, Donnie? Yeah, this is something that, you know, sport, it, it brings people together. And um, like, I've heard talk that maybe someday Havana might be considered as a Major League Baseball franchise. You know, there's just a, such a such a passion for the game there. And in all, you know, in, in the sort of Caribbean countries, Dominican Republic and and Panama and places like that, like baseball is, is really huge there. Right. Um, so it, it was just a really good thing to see. I mean, it, it was it was a, a little bit for the for the color journalists and for the photographers, and it was a little bit schmaltzy. But like, you know, this is something that couldn't have happened, you know, eight years ago before Obama was president, and yeah. you know that they chose this sort of this sport to sort of sh- prove symbolically in this polit- grand political gesture that these two countries can now share a baseball diamond. That is the point. You this, know? Uh, this trip would have been talked about a lot. That's completely, you know. And so a lot of very, very smart people got together on both sides and after a lot of talking decided baseball. Baseball. This Baseball's is a, the way to do it. This is what we have. This yeah. is what binds us. It's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like sport, it, it does... It, I don't. I get. I don't like the schmaltzy thing. Don't of, get too schmaltzy. I, but like, you know, don't get too schmaltzy. It, it's. It's. It, it. There was. A, it built a narrative that. Yes. And um, it was good to see it. It, it went. The, the game went off fine, and the American media really loved it. They they went to town on the baseball angle. So. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. We should do something actually. Yeah. Some quiet week on the whole ping pong diplomacy. Mm. Nixon's trip because it's kind of like I know the outline, but I don't know the good stuff. Like, oh, we could, could we get one of the American ping pong players on the show? Forrest Gump, didn't he? Yeah, he led the way. He, he was a trailblazer. He was, he was one of them. Uh, if we could get one of Forrest's teammates. Yeah. I presume those guys are still knocking around. They must be, yeah. I mean, like, and do they, it. Went, they, they went to a place that not many Americans were willing to go to in the 70s. So. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, beautifully done. I'll see you next Tuesday. See you, Joe. Off the Ball with BetDak.com, the sports betting exchange. Serious about sports 24-7. Every season, every sport, every team.